With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, objective insight, expertise, top guest, available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Welcome, my friends, as it is Florida week, and the Tennessee-Florida game is just a little over, I guess, about 20, 36 hours away, we should say. So we've got Josh Ward coming up on the program, several things to talk about. What is the biggest concern for Tennessee is it Austin P last week or the Florida S- uh, series history in general? Can the balls be elite without the long ball this year? Also, Alabama fans caught shouting racist, homophobic slurs at Texas players. That was pretty disgusting, according to the program. And Boo Carter taking an unofficial visit to Colorado. Is it a concern? I'm going to go ahead and give things away. Yes, it absolutely is. But we lead with the Vols' history of the series against uh, the uh, Austin P uh, against Florida and Austin P. Excuse me for misspeaking there. It is time for today's tough question, and we do that right now. Question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. 
All right, and it's brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. Andy Mason is best prices, best service in the biz, as he and Caleb and I welcome you to the program. He's my realtor, andymasonrealestate.com. He should be yours. A couple of facts to take into note. The line has moved from eight and a half now to six and a half. Thought eight and a half was robust. I would have been at seven, seven and a half. Six and a half tells me there's a lot of people that think that Florida is going to be in this game. Reese Davis, who I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Caleb, went to the University of Alabama, right? So Correct. He does not have a dog necessarily in the fight, but he asked if the balls are on upset alert. Josh Pate and Sam Acho, who I don't know, picked Florida. So let me ask you this. What is the biggest concern as you head into this game? The Florida series or the way Tennessee played against Austin P last week? Let me hear you on the message board. Hit the like and subscribe button. Let's get up and go. Get excited. It is Florida week. Two days until the Gators. I don't care if it doesn't have the impact it had in the 90s or 2000s. This is fantastic drama. Fantastic football. This is why. We do this show each and every day. This is why you listen. This is why we love college football. What is the biggest concern and why do people seem to be hedging their bets on the balls? Is it the Austin P game or the way this series has unfolded over the past 20 years? On a national scale, I think people are thinking about the series the last 20 years. For me personally, I think the biggest concern for the Vols is the Austin P game. And the reason I think it's that is because it's Josh Heupel versus Billy Napier. Most of the reasons you bet against Tennessee or bet on them to underperform against Florida the past 20 years or really 30 years is Dave, 90% of the time you knew Florida had a coaching advantage. I mean, Butch, even Butch, even when Jim McElwain was at Florida, Butch Jones was at Tennessee. When um when Will Muschamp was at Florida. Derek Dooley was at Tennessee. And then when Jeremy Pruitt was at Tennessee, Dan Mullen was at Florida. So most of the time you were betting on the fact that Florida was better coached. And don't even get me started on the nineties with Fulmer and Spurrier. The only time Tennessee I felt had a, up until this point, a coaching advantage was the three years Ron Zook was at Florida. I thought Philip Fulmer was a much better coach than Ron Zook. And I thought Tennessee had a coaching advantage there. I think the history is irrelevant with Josh Heupel at the helm. I have much more faith in Josh Heibel to have his kids ready than I do Billy Napier. I don't have as much faith in the passing game after last week with Austin P. So I think just on the field is a bigger concern than history now. Okay. Um, all that you said is true. However, these young men should have some confidence by beating Florida last year. However, talking to Cooper Mays, he said he does recall a lot of those games in which Florida just somehow found a way to win. A lot of those teams you mentioned, uh, Tennessee may have been better than. I think that's overplayed a little bit because of the floor in which you have talent at Florida. It's only going to be so bad. It's as bad of a Florida roster that I've seen in those 20 years, top to bottom. And that's because of the recruiting or lack thereof of Jim McElwain. So all that you said is true, but you cannot discount the fact 
that these players growing up watching this Florida series over the past, let's say, 10 years, because nobody remembers really specific football games when they were 10 years old. Um, however, I will say this. They have seen a, a an awful lot of times in which Tennessee has not gotten the job done. They have seen that personally, Caleb. So to say that it's just Josh Heupel and to say that – uh, Tennessee uh, does not have any sort of hangover from the series, I think would be inaccurate. At the end of the day, they have the same feeling that I had when I was 22 and going to the University of Tennessee, and that is it's Florida. You feel like Tennessee should win, but it's still Florida, so they might not. They are still of that age where they remember those games. But Dave, you were a lifelong fan at 22 at that point. And also before Florida, you remember the Alabama series, which I remember, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, when Tennessee was better every year and found a way to lose. Florida kind of replaced Alabama with that sort of history where you just find a way to lose to Florida. Most players, as you know, Cooper's an exception, were not lifelong fans following Tennessee football. They probably never watched the Tennessee-Florida game before they before they were being recruited by Tennessee in 2016, 2017, maybe, or 2018, excuse me. And so the question then becomes, and now this is possible because look, it, this is true with Tennessee and Kentucky. You can tell with the fan base at Kentucky, the way they feel cursed against, against Tennessee, it seeps down to the players. So I will, I, what I will concede is, even if you didn't watch the games, the fans know about it and the culture on campus, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, sometimes doesn't the culture of the fan base on campus creep into the players' mindsets a lot of times? Certainly. No question. Culture is a big, big deal. And I don't think the culture is great at Florida. I think it's really good at Tennessee. Right. But, I mean, what I guess what I meant, and so where, I, where I'll bolster your argument is I'll say the – the Tennessee fans and the way they feel about the series, I'm sure has creeped into some of the players who weren't watching the game back in 2016, 2015. But I do think what the culture Josh Heupel has established has helped Tennessee players tune out the fan base much more than Butch Jones, who I think got swept up in the culture. Quite honestly, he got swept up by in, in the fan base and he took it to heart. Derek Dooley, same thing. I don't think Jeremy Pruitt got swept up. I think Jeremy Pruitt just wasn't that good of an X's and O's coach. <laughs> I think it was just that simple. But so, and Florida was better those Dan Mullen years. So I think that's where the history of the series doesn't have the same impact. If this was 2017, it would be 2016, 2015. It'd be different. When from 2014 to 2017, Tennessee was the better team all four years. They lost two games by one point blowing a two-score lead in the fourth quarter, and then they lost another off a of Hail Mary because it, it, that was just the worst four-year period that I think cemented everybody's idea that Tennessee snake-bitten with Florida. I don't think that poison exists, though, with Josh Heupel. Okay, let's go mini-history then since 2017 when the Vols are 1-6 and six against Florida. In Gainesville, they lost 26-20. to 20. Both one teams ranked. Uh, both teams ranked. Uh, it was twenty six to twenty, right? Twenty six to twenty. No, no. I'm saying I'm saying they're they're one in five since twenty seventeen, not one in six. Okay. Uh, they're uh no, they're what since twenty seventeen they're one and six. They won one game. No, they lost one. 
one and five. No, one and five. My, oh, sorry. My, 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 that's bad. Okay. Uh, one and five. So uh, 26 to 20, they lost in 2017. Both ranked could have won that game. That was in Gainesville. In Gainesville, 34 to three, they weren't going to win that game. Bullethead was the head coach. And then 38 to 14, two years ago, Tennessee was in a transition period. Even if you want to look at the mini history, there is a sense of being uh, used to losing at Florida. So I think that creeps into your head at some point. And all these demons that have been put into play by Jeremy Pruitt, by Butch Jones, by all those guys are not exercised. But in particular, they're not exercised with a lot of players on the team. You mentioned uh, Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays, by the way, they are on billboards in Knoxville. And I didn't get any kudos whatsoever from the University of Tennessee concerning the fact that I picked the four best speakers who were on off the hooks board. <laughs> but that series history is still there just recently. I don't have to go back to uh, 20, 2005. I don't have to go way back then but I can go back just the past few years. So the history is a factor. Do I think the uh, Austin P is a bigger concern and why the media seems to be hedging their bets on Tennessee? Absolutely. No question about it, but don't tell me for a second that there's not a sense against amongst the older players, the upperclassmen and those that, no SEC football don't have to be a fan of Tennessee or Florida but just that no SEC football don't tell me that that is not in some shape form a factor in what um and how they approach the game and look at this game so I'm I'm not going to say that the series is just gone and done because Josh Heupel has changed the culture I still think there's a sense of going down there and that's a tough intimidating place to play And when you get to tough and intimidating, the next step is that can affect you and uh, take away some of your confidence because you haven't had success there. Again, we're talking about a set group of players. We're talking about players that like the SEC, that either rooted for Florida or Tennessee and know the rivalry or that are upperclassmen. So not everybody, probably 25% of the roster, knows that this series has not gone Tennessee's way even when they've been air quotes, the better team. Only people who were on the 2017 team, which Jacob Warren was, I think, or was he 2018? It was right around then. Only people who were tied to the program in 2017 are feeling that way. And I don't think anybody's on the 2017 team now. Uh, no, so that would be seven now. years. Yeah, so because. Team. Yeah, so nobody was on it, but maybe some recruits were following. So. The reason I say only people from that team would care is because from 2018 to 2020, okay, actually, no, 2018 to 2021, Florida was significantly more talented than Tennessee all four of those years, significantly more so. From 2018 to 2020, Florida was significantly better coached than Tennessee in those three years because it was Dan Mullen versus Jeremy Pruitt. So the only one you could bring up to me of that five-game winning streak from recent history is 2017 when Tennessee gave up a Hail Mary to lose because Butch Jones didn't realize that you should have a dime package when there's nine seconds left in a game. And all you got to do is not allow a touchdown. But again, yeah, nobody is is on that 2017 team now. I don't think anybody from 2018 to 2021, you don't, you don't look at those four games and say, 
oh man, Tennessee's cursed at Florida. You say, no, Florida was better talented, better coached. And that's it. The last time Tennessee played Florida and lost in a game where they were better was 2017. And again, that was with Butch Jones as head coach and only Butch Jones could lose a game like that. But what about something innate? What about something we can't put our hands on? By the way, Travis says, uh, Dave, Donde Plowden just called me. She said, thanks for the billboard. You're welcome, Donde, or as I call you, the Big D. She is the Donde. That's her new nickname, the Donde. Uh, Donde, you're welcome. I picked the two best speakers. Uh, but Caleb, what about something innate and weird with the series? If you're going to take the series versus what happened against Austin P. What about the fact this is just a weird series? That Jabari Gaffney catches a play, catches a pass for about 0.01 seconds. That uh, other teams, like going way back to Peyton Manning, that it just didn't work out for Peyton Manning. And there were odd plays and strange plays throughout this series that went in Florida's favor. What about some sort of, you can't prove it, but some sort of astral sort of, thing where things just align against the balls in this series. I'm talking about supernatural stuff. You have to you almost factor that in, even if it doesn't affect the players. I mean, there's been some weird stuff in this series, dude. You can bring up the Jabbar Gaffney catch. I can bring up Florida's five turnovers and giving the game away to Tennessee in 1998. I can also bring up, by the way, the personal foul penalty that was totally missed in 2004 when Jonathan Wade threw a shot at Dallas Baker and Dallas Baker retaliated and the refs call a 15-yard penalty on Dallas Baker, which set up the James Wolhoit 50-yard field goal to win the game. So I'm just going to be honest with you. Let's stop pretending that Tennessee hasn't had a couple of lucky plays in this game. The truth was in the 90s, Florida was talented and they had a, they had a, they were better coached in the 90s. Well, they had better, they, in the 90s, they had a better football team. No, I actually that, think Tennessee had more talent. I disagree with I, you. I, completely I can track. I can show you the NFL draft numbers to prove. I can show you the NFL success uh, of the teams. I'll tell you, okay. one to eighty-five. I would have taken that Gators roster nine times. Yeah, you know that Danny Warfel had a Hall of Fame career. That's why he was so much better than Peyton Manning. Oh, he got one player. That's <laughs> oversimplifying uh, things. And then what the H? Let's talk some Cruton. And that is brought to you by our friends at. Harold Group Security Solutions. Here we go. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Boo Carter's going to Colorado. What the H? Is, is this a concern? He's a Tennessee commitment. How concerning... Is this for Tennessee fans or disconcerting, should I say, that Boo Carter wants to go to Colorado on a scale of one to 10 in terms of 10? You're going to lose him or one. He's just visiting. How disconcerting is this for Tennessee fans? I'm going to go seven. I'm not going to go all the way up to 10. I think this is a reaction to last week. Tennessee struggling. There are some concerns, and Colorado has all the momentum right now. But I think if Tennessee keeps playing – Boo Carter, by the way, tweeted that he's still committed to Tennessee. This is just an unofficial visit that he wants to go on for fun, which, Dave, as you and I both know, that's a total and complete fabrication, if there ever was one. Um, but I'm still going to go – I'm not going to go all the way up to 10. I think, I think that Boo Carter – 
is just seeing again with Colorado. I know he flirted with them in the past, and I think he's a little concerned about the Austin P game and the Colorado game, and, and, and the Colorado momentum is kind of sticking to him. Guys, what people need to understand is this, and I want to make this clear, because fans think that you should be all in on a school no matter what when you commit, and that's just not how it works. It's 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 very tough and difficult sometimes for players to determine, I like this school, but I like this school too, but I like this school, but I like this school too. And just because they're they're hedging a little bit for themselves doesn't mean that they don't think the other one could have worked. Okay, Peyton Manning has said plenty of times just from a different factor that he would have gone to Ole Miss had the thing not happened with Cooper Mays. Uh, uh, Cooper Mays, listen to me. Cooper Manning, excuse me. He Cooper says Mays, though, actually named after Cooper Manning. Did you know that? I did not. He is? Yes. His mom really liked Cooper Manning when they met. Interesting. Okay. Well, (laughs) Peyton Manning is very clear. Peyton Manning didn't like, oh, Tennessee was so obviously head and shoulders above everybody else. This is like the theory that like people who follow recruiting think it are the same people who believe that there's one soulmate for you in life. There's not. It's not like there's just one clear cut decision that stands over everything else. It's a tough decision to make. And I think that just because they're flirting with other schools with once they get on campus next year, that doesn't mean they're not going to be all in. So I don't worry yet. I think Tennessee has to keep winning to keep the momentum. And at some point, maybe reality will hit Colorado and maybe they'll lose a couple of games. Okay, let me tell you why it's much closer to 10 than you think so. And I'm going to do something I rarely do, like once every couple of years. I'm going to come down on a prospect a little bit, okay? So um, some people will say, don't come down to Boo Carter. Be nice to Boo Carter. You're considered a Tennessee guy, Dave. You should... I welcome him with open open arms, but the message board certainly doesn't seem to think that way. As uh, Tom says, I'll pack Boo Carter's bag for him. I don't want him on the team. Uh, Tom also says, get his bleep out of here. You don't commit and then go to other schools. First of all, fundamentally, I don't believe that you commit and go to other schools. Now, I realize that happens, okay, and has happened for years, and that's the way things go. You do a silent commitment, and then you want to take advantage of your other visits, go for it. I would take all five official visits, but if I said, I'm definitely going to your school, it would be a silent commitment. I would say, don't worry about it. I'm going to go to these other schools and take a look. So in a recent interview with the Chattanooga Times Free Press, he said, I have that opportunity. I'm going to go look. But you're talking about a young man who changed high schools during his uh, career, You're talking about a young man who I believe got caught up in the recruiting process. What do I mean by that? I mean that he is a player that I think went from being a pretty big name in recruiting to a huge name in recruiting, and he enjoyed it. So I think you worry that the ego got a little bit bigger, and now Dion comes calling. The other factor is it's Dion. And that is the hottest program right now in college football. It might not be in a month, as you mentioned. They're going to lose some games, but it is right now. And that's exciting. And as far as closing, and Deion Sanders with their offensive coordinator, you mentioned yesterday, he closed on him, got him to go to Colorado in what was a risky career move, I think, going to coach for Deion Sanders at Colorado. He's gotten a lot of prospects that have done that as well. I think this is pretty close to a 10. And if you ask me right now to bet a mortgage payment on whether or not Boo Carter ends up at Colorado or Tennessee, I'd say I'm stepping back. I'm not putting my money on that at all because 
I think it's 60-40 Tennessee, not based off what I've heard. I'm just talking about reading recruits, which I'm pretty darn good at after 20 years. This guy could be easily swayed, I believe. He also made himself readily available for that interview by the Chattanooga Times Free Press to deflect things a little bit. The guy's trying to play the PR game. It reminds me of a Jalen Ramsey back in the day who I've told you a lot of stories about, and he tried to deflect things as well, take all his visits. But this is different. You commit after you draw things out. You finally commit, and you're going to see other schools, and this is the hottest team in the nation. And by the way, Colorado is a beautiful place. I don't think he's ever been in love with Tennessee. I think he's been in like with Tennessee. I think this is a concern, but by the same token, I'll side with Tom on this. You want to cruise? Roll on. That's where I stand. Okay. All right. It's specific to this kid, Caleb, because I, 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 I understand you want to take your, your visits, but you tell Josh Heupel, I'm committed to you silently, but I'm going to take these visits. I'm going to go see Hawaii. It's specific to this kid. I'm not talking in generalities with kids. I get the feel from this kid. Two things on that. First of all, I think sometimes the coaches, if even if you get this, and I know Billy Napier did this with Florida in the summer. Sometimes, even if you give a coach the silent commit, they want the public commit because they want the momentum to recruit other players. That part's clear. Florida was in deep trouble in the summer. And so I think Billy Napier kind of pushed for the silent commits. Like, can you go ahead and give me the public commit? Take your visits, but give me the public commit so I can try to like get some momentum for the program. I think that, I don't know if you think, that's exactly what happened. So maybe Josh Heupel asked for the, maybe Josh Heupel asked for the public commit from Boo. I think that's very possible. So let's put that out there too. This old school way of thinking, if you commit, you, if you, if you commit, you should stick with it. Fine. A coach should never be allowed to leave a program. If he's under contract with that program. Well, no, 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 you're talking about generalities again. If, if Josh Heupel leaves, I think every prospect, even if he signs in the early signing period, if Josh Heupel leaves the next week, I think they should all be freed to go. I'm not talking in generalities. I just get the feeling from this kid that he could do something impetuous and end up at Colorado and say, I'm going to make a splash because I'm caught up in the recruiting world and the recruiting cycle. So you're caught up in the recruiting world. world. So what? It's So what they they lose him or so what he visits? So So what he visits and they're caught up in the recruiting world. Get caught up in it. It's fun. I mean, I'd love to be a recruit getting offered and visits everywhere. And by the way, I don't mind... Okay, Tennessee fans, this is why Tennessee fans, this is why your program has been in the dumps until Josh Heupel. Because there was this belief, and Derek Dooley was the worst about this. This is probably why he was bit terrible at recruiting. What was his thing? He players didn't go to high school football games would be the biggest well, his, thing. Well, players shouldn't commit for themselves. They should commit for the greatness of the university. Nobody does that. They commit for themselves. They're not committing because they love Tennessee and they want to make Tennessee good. They're committing because they think Tennessee is the best place for them personally. Stop thinking that players are committing to you because of the prestige of your program and all oh, the history of Robert Naylor and the players just want to be a part of that. No, they're committing for themselves. Again, okay? you're talking about generalities. Have. Again, you're talking about generalities. This kid, I don't think necessarily ends up at Tennessee. Okay, and, and and if you're a Tennessee fan, and I can tell by the message board, they don't care because he's he's changed schools and he's kind of drugged Tennessee along. 90 seconds, Josh Ward will join us as he does each and every Thursday. 
coming up, we will discuss with Josh a couple of different things. Uh, one will be, can the balls be elite without the long ball all year? Some great stats will provide by our friends at the uh, sports source with John Pennington. But Tennessee's not throwing the long ball, kids. Not at all. 90 seconds, Josh Ward. I was I was really heavy into the drug culture. Um, I was selling drugs. I was just constantly in pain. I was missing like a good support system in my life. KS has given me everything that I need in order to successfully have a wonderful recovery, in order to have a life that I didn't even know was possible. And it's not just about me anymore. And I love that. I absolutely love it. You can take your life back. Call Cadis today. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. You just heard about Sports Treasures. Sports Treasures is phenomenal. And Sports Treasures has over 5 million sports treasures and so much more. Follow them on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia daily updates. They are fantastic to follow. And they now carry the Celebrate 98 book that was written by yours truly. Celebrate 98, the untold stories behind Tennessee's 1998 National Championship. You can also pick that up at Hound Dogs. And we'll have more places that you can pick that up as well. But it's available at Hound Dogs Sports Treasures. And then if you want to click right down there tomorrow, or down there what in the description, then you can also... Um, go ahead and order a personalized autograph copy. The people tell me they like autographs. To me, it devalues it when I autograph it, but I'm going to do it. And if you're listening on a Thursday, I will be at El Chico's for a book signing from three to six. That's on Merchant Stripe Clancy's on Friday for a book signing from three to six uh, in downtown Knoxville. And Josh, I'm late. I apologize. The clock got away from me. I'm a bad person. How are you, sir? Good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Let me get you on that one take before we get moving on to something else. And that is the history or the way Tennessee played against Austin P. Which should be the bigger concern for Tennessee fan as the Vols head into Gainesville? So the history at Florida versus the way they played at Austin P, which is the bigger deal? Yes. Uh, yeah, I would say the way they played against Austin P. The history at Florida should not have much of a factor the history at florida to me is more of a talking point because it just it offers a reminder of how difficult that place can be to go play it's gonna be a night game on the road so if you're talking about toughest road environments florida at night's probably gonna be pretty high on the list tennessee's not had a lot of success in that environment a lot of teams have not had a lot of success in that environment because of what florida has been but for this team i would say it's about 
fixing some of the issues we saw this past weekend. That can include talk of the passing game, improvement Joe Milton needs to make, improvement the wide receivers need to make, the mindset that Tennessee had. Not only I, – I, I get the idea that, well, they didn't run through the tee and it wasn't a normal start, so they came out sluggish. I get that. That happens. They weren't totally dialed into Austin P. That's common. But the game lasts 60 minutes, not 15 or 30. So why didn't they come out of halftime saying, guys, that was terrible. We need to go out and and run these guys and get off the field. And they didn't do that either. So why wasn't their mindset able to change in the middle of the game? Why did they make – Ramel Keaton didn't fumble the football because they didn't run through the tee. Had nothing to do with it. Dante Thornton didn't drop the football on the sideline because they didn't run through the tee. So they need to fix some of those issues – and if they do, and they're able to hit some deep passes in this game, then they can go win on the road. And I don't think the history at Florida has anything to do with that. Yep. Fair point. Josh's appearance today as we get to our next topic and one that I wanted to visit with Josh about specifically. Can Tennessee be elite without the long ball this year? I'm going to throw some stats at you because... They're not throwing the, the long ball this year. And it's brought to you by Zen Sports, the new sports book in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. That means no more deposit bonuses that turn into deposit nightmares on Zen Sports. What you see is what you get. And with their cash rewards program, you get a lot of cash. For a welcome bonus, earn an unlimited 5% cash back on your betting volume for your first 15 days when you sign up with the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED. That's right. Unlimited 5% Cash back, keep betting, keep earning with up to 3% cash back in your betting volume every month after that. And refer friends to earn a percentage of their betting volume as cash rewards too. Zen Sports bringing the cash back to Tennessee. So if you bet big on sports, you want to be betting on Zen Sports. Zen Sports betting just got better. Get it? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Must be 21 or over and in Tennessee to bet. So these stats from the sports source and uh, John Pennington pulled these up. So if you want to go back to uh, last year, Tennessee completed 53 passes, first in the SEC over 30 yards. That was first in the SEC. This year, four. That's tied for ninth in the SEC. 40-yard passing plays, 36. That was first in the SEC last year. Two this year, tied for seventh. 2022, 1950-yard or more plays and passing plays, first in the SEC. This year, goose. Josh Ward, these numbers, how troublesome do you think they are, if at all? Well, I think it's the biggest point to fix for Tennessee to be what it's capable of offensively. Can Tennessee be elite without the long ball? No, no offense can. Uh, unless you figure out how to run Tom Osborne's dominant Nebraska offense, I would say good luck trying to replicate that now. So can Tennessee go out and be what it was last year or close to it without hitting big explosive plays in the offense? I don't think so. It can be good. It can be effective a lot of the time because I think this running game can be legit. But is Tennessee going to be an offense that other teams are afraid of? and other teams have to keep up with without the long ball, I don't see how. Caleb? Yeah, Josh, but how much of the lack of the long ball this year? Now, I know there are a couple they missed on. We know that. We saw the Romel Keaton drop against Virginia as a little sloppy. But 
Hasn't part of this been part of Heupel's game plan for the first two weeks? Because, I mean, what we saw is Austin P definitely did this, and Virginia was doing this. They were selling out to take away the deep ball. And that's been since Tennessee played Clemson last year in the Orange Bowl, and they're kind of forcing you to work the field over the middle a little bit. Isn't that part of that? Uh, probably. Yeah, probably. But uh, it's not like teams just started to say, okay, uh, they're going to try to hit the the long ball on us. Uh, Tennessee has still been able to find ways to get guys running 10, 15, 20 yards uh, by themselves. Uh, you can You can take shots that still maybe – uh, make the defense think, okay, this is a part of what they're doing. It wasn't present uh, against Austin P. And uh, even passes that didn't have to be deep shots were still a struggle last week. Joe Milton was one of eight on throws 10 yards or longer. So uh, it's not even, we're not even talking about big deep plays uh, within the offense. We're talking about, you know, a 15 yard throw that can get you a first down. That wasn't there. So I still have confidence that they can get it figured out and that Josh Heupel uh, is going to try to take some shots this week. Ramel Keaton had that drop. I'm still confident that he'll make plays in this offense, but he needs to be better. I mean, that drop, the fumble last week, it's not going to cut it on the road against Florida. It's no problem against Austin P or against Virginia because they had no chance to beat Tennessee, but Florida's going to have a chance and other SEC teams will as well. Travis said, let me, let me tell you why this team can be better. Uh, Travis says, hit the like button, make our conversation bigger and better. And you have been doing that. So please continue. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe me, listen to Jacob Warren. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe and share. Dave needs this. He does. So, Josh, if I were to throw this at you, okay, forget about the guys you know and what you know about this team. You've got team A that can complete a bunch of deep balls that can stretch the field that can do all kinds of things that can run the football at a high level but that gets they've got a defense that's woeful okay team b you have an offense that if they clear up some drops or miss throws whichever that the case may be but they're more of an underneath passing team they run the football even better than team A did. And team B has a darn good defense that can flip the field with turnovers and a vertical attack. Which team are you taking to have more success in a college football playoff? A college football playoff. So that means they're good enough to get there. Well, then probably team B. I mean, I, I want my defense to show up once we get to the playoff. Uh, but we're obviously talking about Tennessee last year versus this year. Sure. Is Team B good enough to go 10-2? and two? Last year, Tennessee's team needed 52 points to beat Alabama, and I don't know that it'll need that many in Tuscaloosa with what that Alabama offense is that's weeks away. But, like, is Team B going better than 10-2? and two? No, I don't think so. So um, they, they, need to, they need to be closer to what they were offensively and continue to keep pace with what they are defensively. So I – what we've seen the first two weeks doesn't indicate any kind of run to a playoff. It's also the first two weeks. It's also against weak competition. Uh, I don't know what to make of that because, you know, we can look at the competition and say, Oh, what happens when they play better teams? I would also add in, well, hopefully they will be more locked in like Georgia coming out against a couple of cupcakes in the first two weeks is probably not going to be the same as Georgia coming up, coming out against South Carolina from a mental standpoint. Surely Tennessee will be totally locked in at Florida, right? And when South Carolina comes to town and the game's beyond that. So uh, th there is a lot to figure out offensively. 
Tennessee has one of the best offensive coaches in the country to help figure that out. And they they need to do that soon because if we're talking about the same offensive issues next week, there's a good chance we're talking about Tennessee having lost at Florida. That's why in making these improvements quickly is a big deal. And by the way, they're trying to make them with Jalen Wright having a great start. And that to me is where it begins for Tennessee, continuing to do what they've done running the football and then fix some of the passing game issues from there. Caleb, roll with it, but I would take Team B. I would take the team that is attacking on defense. And obviously, I'm referring to these two teams. And last year was 10 and 2. We don't know that this team's going to go 10 and 2 and probably doesn't look like it, even though I think they still can. But Caleb, I would take the team B with the, with the better defense and still competent, more than competent at throwing the football and very good at running the football. Caleb? I would take Team B if you were actually going, if that part of competent at throwing the football existed. <laughs> But we're not so sure that exists yet. So because of that, well, guys, well, no, guys, both of you don't. We, Josh, don't you think? Josh and Caleb, don't you think it's it's competent? I mean, if you look at the stat line at the end, it's not great, but isn't it competent? Wasn't competent against Austin P. Yeah. I'm going to say that. Josh, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty rough last week. Um, it was <laughs> it was more than competent against Virginia. So overall, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the the numbers, the efficiency for Joe Milton had they're bad through two weeks but in terms of volume and success overall yeah competent is fair but i, I mean i'll say it again competence not going 10 and 2 or better they need to be better than competence but that was part of i think how you prefaced it improve on that so from a starting point and how they need to get better uh that that goes both ways part of it's on joe part of it's on the receivers uh, but, you know, the offensive line is going to be tested more in terms of how much they can protect against these future teams. That That is just a big part of it. These first two weeks have been against terrible opponents. Virginia is not a power five quality team and Austin P is an FCS team. So I, it, that also affects some of the conversation on the defense. I think the defense is good. Young linebackers are going to get tested out there. But Aaron Beasley has been terrific through the first two weeks. I think he can be an all SEC player this season and the defensive line I have a lot of confidence in. So there are reasons to be optimistic. Secondary is still a big question. You know, let's see how they play some this week because Pearsall and Wilson are dangerous threats at receiver. And I'm sure they saw Austin P take a couple of shots at Kamal Haddon and some PI penalties come up. So I, I need to see the secondary play at a higher level before I'm saying this defense is championship contending level i'm going to kick to caleb first uh, josh's appearance brought to you in part by Harold group security solutions leadership experience specialization addressing problems through unique mission specific mitigation techniques highly trained individuals that can ensure your security for whomever top CEOs, but in particular, are your children safe? I think it's important that you go to your school administrators, especially if at a private school, and mention Harold Group Security Solutions because we've heard about one tragedy after another. Eventually, they'll be in public schools and your schools will be safer. So go to those administrators and say, Harold Group Security Solutions. Caleb? Josh, I'm not trying to pull an Eric Ainge about Georgia fans here, but I will say people talk about the tough environment on the swamp, but we had John Adams on Tuesday and he said something I've always agreed with, which is I think Florida has one of the most fickle fan bases in the SEC. 
And so do you think it's possible that even though it's a night game, that that loss to Utah, that there's just a massive amount of apathy when Tennessee goes down to the swamp and it's not really going to give them much trouble? Uh, I think that could happen if Tennessee jumps out to a lead and gets up early. Florida fans could say, okay, here we go. This team's no good. But my understanding is that they're expecting a big crowd for the game. And if that's true, Florida fans will have all day long to get ready. It's still week three and it's the SEC opener and it's Tennessee coming to town and this is a top 10 team. And night games at the Swamp have to be different for them, similar to how we talk about in Knoxville or in Columbia, South Carolina, or go through a bunch of SEC towns where football matters. So uh, talking to Edgar Thompson of the Orlando Sentinel on my show on Wednesday, he said that he believes there will be a big, excited crowd to start out. But if things don't go well for Florida, then Tennessee could take advantage and you could be looking at a stadium that has emptied out a lot of fans by the end if Tennessee is able to control the game and win. And we'd be talking about taking over stadiums similar to LSU last year or on the flip side, how we've seen Neyland Stadium when things didn't go well for Tennessee at different times. So that's the goal is to go out, play well early, shut up the fans, and then send those fans on home earlier than they expect. Okay, guys. I'm going to make one of us uh, public enemy number one with Tennessee's fan base. And I want to get into this battered ball syndrome that I think should be dead. But let me ask you this. Who has the better fan base heading into a game like this? Josh, you, you mentioned that Florida's fans will show up. But I know from personal experience, and you know probably from talking to Edgar, if things go south, they're going to get quiet unlike an LSU group or some other South Carolina, for that matter, Mississippi State. I mean, they stay loud even when they're losing. So on the other side, you've got a Tennessee fan base that, let's say, has had its not-so-great moments in the past. Who has a better fan base leading into this game? I think the Tennessee fan base. I think the Tennessee fan base is better at supporting uh, other sports, uh, because Florida baseball has been a big deal. Florida baseball support could have been better at different times. Football is obviously king. Uh, but yeah, Tennessee fan, the Tennessee fan base has had its ugly moments. And let's not act like they have been selling out the stadium year in, year out when the team was down. When the team was down, there were a lot of fans that said, tell me when you're good again, and I'll start coming back to the game. So it's not like Look at Nebraska. Nebraska. Nebraska's fan base has made sure to continue showing up to watch awful football <laughs> in awful weather. Tennessee fans have not often done that. But it's. I would still say the better fan base, uh, friendlier to, to opposing fans than when, uh, when opposing fans go to Gainesville to see a game at the Swamp. Did you hear Nebraska is actually going to have an open press box before I kick it to Caleb uh, so that they have less media coverage and can control content even more? They're going to have an open press box during November and October when it's freezing. Did you hear that? I'm joking. I made that up. <laughs> okay, no, <I> <laughs> that would be the way that would be the way to get less coverage. Like I'm not going to watch that football team in November. Better fan base. Caleb headed into a game like this. Is it Florida or Tennessee? And then I'm going to give what I believe is going to be an unpopular position. Josh Ward is very diplomatic there. It's not close. It's Tennessee. And just a couple of stats on this. Florida, I don't think – I think Tennessee 
So Thompson Bowling Arena is twice the size of their basketball arena. Uh, Stephen O'Connell, is that, isn't that what it's called? The Stephen O'Connell Center? Um, yes. It's, oh, no. Thompson Bowling Arena is twice the size of the basketball arena. When Florida was winning their national championships in basketball, Tennessee was selling out a higher percentage of – they were filling a higher percentage of Thompson Bowling than Florida was in arena half the size. Florida fans are super fickle. And I actually think, Josh, I'm sorry, I'm going to push back. I think Tennessee fans not showing up after a while was a good thing. Because I'm just going to say this. I don't think you should be loyal to your program if your program is completely incompetent over a period of time. I think that's why Nebraska has been terrible at football. They can go and sneak in a Bill Callahan hire or a Mike Riley hire because they know their fans are going to show up for the game no matter what. And they don't put pressure on themselves. I think it's a I, – I totally reject this notion that you should always show up even when your team and program is totally incompetent. No, no, totally disagree with that because then you are rewarding – failure if a store or a company said you should buy our products even if our products are terrible you guys were like no we're not buying your product give me a good product to buy so i think there is a bit of a balance between following the team even when they're bad and actually willing to patronize the product and i think tennessee fans struck that balance well yeah i still think you can get coaches fired though showing up to the games because the the big money people call and say this is not going to cut it get him out of there they'll fire that person that's true i i think I think they're the same. 20 years ago, 25 years ago in the 90s. Are you guys familiar with the term nouveau riche? Are you familiar with that term? Nouveau riche means somebody like just won the lottery and they didn't come up through money. So that's what Florida was in the 90s. They were nouveau riche. They didn't, they were rich, but they didn't know how to handle it. And they're the guys who go out and buy the solid gold yacht instead of being like a Kennedy that came up through that so i think that 25 years ago tennessee had by far the better fan base i now think since florida has has had success josh that they're pretty similar they're not going to show up if the team's down um they are still going to support they're going to get mad if they if a coach doesn't do what they think they are i think they're pretty similar now but when you and i first met congratulations on 22 years at wnml by the way this week i always thought you'd go back to school but back then when you and I met, I didn't, I thought that Tennessee's fan base was way better because of tradition. Nowadays, nowadays you've had a generation's worth of pretty good tradition with Meyer and Spurrier. Yeah, I I haven't gotten my cake yet for the 22 years. You I'm sure now you get an Emmett Smith um, plaque, that's what you get, 22. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, speaking of a former Gator, um well well, also this like when you think about bowl invitations think about the sugar bowl and the sugar balls or even recent years where tennessee wasn't going to bowl games that was that high level although last year the orange bowl was at that level tennessee is so attractive because of the traveling fan base how the fan base will be there i don't think we hear that often about different sites wanting to make sure they get the gators because of all the traveling Florida fans. Uh, Florida's, of course, in the state of Florida, so it would be a little bit different with their bowl game. But yeah, I just, I, I'm, I think Tennessee is definitely the answer, but part of it is what you're looking for. Like Caleb sees fans not showing up as a compliment to the fan base. I wouldn't put that in the pro category. I would say that's still more of a negative. Some would say, yeah, Florida fans throwing bags of stuff at fans hey that creates a rowdier environment so that's more of a positive for them i would look at that more as a negative so part of it is what you're looking at but overall fan support 
the uh, the carry of the fan base. You're I think you're traveling internationally and and having a better chance of running into a Tennessee fan sporting their orange and the power T than you probably are with a Gator fan. I'm going to kick to Caleb, uh, remind you that portions of the program brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the Fire Opals, a Tennessee tradition, rickterryjewelry.com. That is rickterryjewelry.com, and he's local, so so support local businesses. I don't know, like off-the-hook sports. Caleb? I will say, one thing I will say with Tennessee fans that I think has actually hurt Tennessee in the past, and I do think that this was Alabama fans for decades after Bear Bryant, which is sometimes when you're so steeped in tradition, you think you have a rightful place at the top, and that it's totally immune to who the coach is, to who the what the recruiting is, or anything like that. That's how you hire a Derek Dooley, who went 17 and 20 at Louisiana Tech, because you think that, oh, that's just going to automatically succeed at Tennessee because it's Tennessee. I don't think Florida has the same level of delusion in that regard. I think Florida fans are very they made some bad coaching hires. Don't get me wrong. Not, I mean, Ron Zook, and that was a bad hire on paper, but I do think Florida fans aren't delusional in the sense of thinking just because of the name on the jersey, we are going to be great. I think they have an understanding that you got to get the right coach and the right recruiting and the right NIL initiative, which they don't have right now. And so I'll say that in favor of Florida fans, but I'm still going to say Tennessee fans strike a right balance. Look, I've, I've seen Tennessee sell out coming off a losing season. I've seen Tennessee fill up, like you talk about Josh, bowl games all across the country. I just don't see that with Florida fans. And I also, and you guys brought it up, Tennessee's last win in the swamp, for instance. That Hail Mary to James Banks, Florida was dead silent the second half of that game. And that's why Tennessee's offense got going. Josh, Florida Florida fans probably don't travel as much to bowl games because they're like 15 miles away. I don't know that that's that exciting to go to Orlando. Yeah, that, I mean, I mentioned that in the state. Um, yeah. But, like, if if the Sugar Bowl is inviting Tennessee or Florida, they are going to expect a better traveling crowd from Tennessee fans than Florida fans, and I don't think there's any hesitation there. And New Orleans is uh, is a bit of ways from where a lot of Florida fans are. So I just – I don't uh, – I, Tennessee is, is up there near the top when it comes to – traveling support uh if, i mean if we're talking again if we're talking about the fan base it has to go beyond just football which is king but the environment to come to knoxville for tennessee baseball is much better than the environment going to gainesville for florida baseball so we all agree i, I mean i do even though i play devil's advocate a little bit that uh, tennessee is the better overall fan base i think it's closer than it was when i started uh, this whole thing back in the 90s are we completely over BVS, battered ball syndrome? Should the fan base be over that? Because I talked to some people yesterday, like, what do you think about Florida? And I'm like, I, I feel for Tennessee really optimistic. And I'm like, I don't know. It just feels like that. BVS, somebody mentioned. Is that done and over with? I mean, if Tennessee loses, they lose because they didn't play their best game. But its I don't think Tennessee's cursed anymore with battered ball syndrome like they used to be. Josh, is that still a thing? Well, it is for some. This week is a big week for that. Beating Alabama helped. 
beating Florida last year helped because there was another streak building and it had only been one time since 04 that Tennessee had won in 2016. But now we're having this conversation about 20 years of the swamp. And this is not a very good Florida team. At least it doesn't appear so to begin the season. So if Tennessee will be looking at 22 years since the last time it won in Gainesville and it can't beat this team. And you mentioned John Pennington. He showed on the show this past week. This streak that exists has not occurred against a bunch of great Florida teams. Florida's largely been down for 15 years or or close to it. Since Urban won the title in 08, they had a couple of good seasons after that. So 15's a a bit long. Uh, And they've had some teams that were able to win the East, but weren't elite teams. They just won the division while the division was going through some tough times. Tennessee's lost to some okay to legit bad Florida football teams. If they lose again to a Florida team that's going to have to fight its way to a bowl game with Tennessee coming off an 11-win season, then, yeah, fans are going to say, okay, well, maybe we are cursed. Maybe it's not meant to be. So this is a big week to to break some of that feeling. Tom says, not yet. BVS is real. We have to be back to drop the BVS. What if we put together like a commercial, Josh, that was like one of those medicine commercials where they say, suffering from bvs talk to your doctor about a hypo hypo can make things better hypo can turn things down look at what he did in 2022 may also cause complete lung dysfunction also spinal stenosis and of various other ailments like they do with all those commercials with drugs that make you more afraid to take the drug than not to take the drug for your existing condition can we put together something like that yeah, I would say so. Uh, beat South Carolina as well. That needs to happen. <laughs> that was that, that's a BVS that wasn't that long ago. I mean, everything's cruising. That may that might have been the ultimate BVS kick in the BVS crotch. I'm gonna. That's the game that slided a lot for this week. If you just look at the football stuff, because like on paper, Tennessee's better than Florida. Tennessee is a seven point favorite, roughly, on the road against Florida. Tennessee is never favored in Gainesville. It doesn't happen. And Tennessee is favored by a touchdown Crazy. in Gainesville. So if you look at the two teams, you're like, what? What? How's Tennessee losing this game? And then you can easily bring up, yeah, how was Tennessee going to lose to South Carolina until the Gamecocks put up 63? So, uh, yeah, that. so this game in South Carolina are important games for fans to feel like, okay, we are better than these other teams. We'll see what happens against Georgia. We'll see what happens in Tuscaloosa. Everybody recognizes the Vols will be underdogs in that game. But if if Tennessee's for real and the program is back to being at a, a top 10 to 20 level, you win these games. You beat Florida when they're not as good as you. You you maybe crush South Carolina at home, especially if it's a night game to bring that back up. So, yeah, the, the first two SEC games are huge for the – uh, the the BVS symptoms that might still be there. Yes. I'm actually going to push back on Josh's point, though. On the on you the, do. I mean, what do you do? Need to go in the parking lot and fight? This is two weeks in a row. My older brother's name is Joshua. I've had enough fights with people named Josh over my life. <laughs> um. So, but what I am going to say is that Josh, I think it's I think it's out with the exception of the Butch Jones years. I think Florida was usually better. Almost always. I think 2014. No, 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 no. Not true. I mean, like they, they just record wise, Tennessee finished ahead of. So I'm not even talking like which team was better. Tennessee had the better season like half the time. Wait, outside of the 2013 to 2017, what year are we talking about here? Well, over 20 years. I mean, in the 2000s, Tennessee football is pretty good. So, okay, from 05, um, from 05 to 09, Florida had a better season every single year. 
Actually, if I had all or all six Urban Meyer years, Florida had a better season. Um, and I no, just no oh seven Tennessee won the East. They, won they it lost by, to Florida fifty nine to twenty. They, they won it by default because they played the easiest schedule against the SEC West possible. Florida was clearly the better team that year. It's just Florida had to play LSU and Auburn from the West, and Tennessee got to play Mississippi State and Arkansas from the West. That's why, which is why, which is why, but by the way, they went eight and four. So like, that wasn't a great Florida team. You don't go eight and four and then get to call yourself great. But the the point was that Tennessee had better seasons. The record was better for Tennessee. If you win the East and Florida doesn't, your season's better okay, well, than Florida theirs. They were the, the better team. I agree with you. They, I agree with you, but that was not a great team. They also shouldn't have lost by 39 points. Well, just- that was awful. So, <laughs> so there is no debate here, Caleb. If your record's better, if you win the East and the other team doesn't, your season's better. So, Josh, Florida won the East in 2016, and Tennessee beat them. Yeah, Tennessee wasn't any good. That season. They went 8-4. and four. They lost to South Carolina and Vandy. They, they did. I'm just saying that. Okay, I, I that's think, not the, that's not one of the seasons I'm counting. It was also in Knoxville when they played, not in Gainesville. Well, it was in Gainesville when they played in 2007. So I'm I'm just bringing these things up, trying to mention like I think it, yes. The point the point that I was making was that in Gainesville, <laughs> Tennessee has lost over the last 20 years, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time Tennessee was not losing to very good teams. That is my point. The re- if if your record's better then one team is not obviously much better. That's think- the, it wasn't even the subjective. It was look at the records. One is better than the other. There's nothing to push back on. Okay, I Tennessee suck. had a better record the way like sometimes Boise State had a better record than LSU. They played a much easier schedule. If Okay, if you want to call that 07 Florida team that went 8-4 and four, a great team, have that. <laughs> they went, no, they actually, great. no, wait, they, they went 9-3. and three. They went 9-3, and three, same record as Tennessee, and it was by default. Okay, excuse me, 9-3. and three. If you want to call it a great team, no, I just said they were better than Tennessee. Tennessee won the East by default that year. Okay. <laughs> Florida was better than Tennessee in 2007, hence the loss. Yes, correct. <laughs> My new favorite segment. I'm loving this. You guys uh, are fantastic. Well, Josh and- defended Butch Jones over Derek Jewell last week. I think Josh is just secretly a Butch Jones fan, and he doesn't want me to throw Butch Jones <laughs> under, the mus- under the bus too much. <laughs> Butch Jones is Josh's favorite coach. <laughs> Again, if you want to choose the team with the worst record, which is Derek Dooley's teams over Butch Jones teams that were much, much better, have you? I got 2017 for you. Four and eight, worst record in SEC history for Tennessee in their SEC. Derek Dooley didn't win a game in 2012 against an SEC team. He went over just like Butch Jones did. 0 and 7 versus 0 and 6. Yes, he did. That is true. Oh, 0 and 7. That is true because they fired Derek Dooley a week later after they fired Butch Jones. <laughs> That's Correct. Fair. That's a fair point. <laughs> Wow, when it comes to two these two guys, who's up for a verbal debate? I'm your huckleberry. Either one. <laughs> I love it. New segment. It's Ward versus Calhoun each and every week. Josh, I love you. You you get closing right. thoughts. Yeah, I think Tennessee's gonna win on on Saturday against Florida. I do too. As a matter of fact, Josh, have a fantastic day. Noon to three in the sports animal. He's the best. You uh, you guys verbally hug it out. Just knows I love him. Enjoyed it as always. I was watching. <laughs> I was watching Winning Time, by the way, and supposedly they actually made uh, some players hug, like Magic and the other player. Have you watched Winning Time at all, Josh? I have not. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's not real, but it's good. Josh, have a fantastic day. Noon to three on the Sports Animal. You're the best. Okay. Thanks, See you guys. Josh. We, gotta, we gotta get like a bell for you two guys. It goes ding, ding, ding. 
All right. There may be a racist SEC fan base. I'm not joking. Two minutes with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the hook sports. Is it still roll tide or they're going to change that to something else after this? Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We are grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry, I'm a jeweler, and we want to be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. These mountains hold and defend a spirit far better than moonshine. A drink that holds flavor that becomes necessity. A hard cider made and relished by folk who are as hearty as they are legend. A refreshment that can only be found in one place. With a taste that makes you say, give me three bottles of the good stuff. Tennessee Cider Company, where necessity can be found. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. I can't use a sounder the next week when we have Caleb versus Ward 3. And because uh, they've gone at it the past two weeks, you can't use that. Uh, let's get ready to rumble because it is trademarked by that dude and he will sue the pants off you. Did you know that? If you use I any clip, from him. yeah, he has sued radio stations across the United States, but I can say it. Maybe he has that trademark. Maybe I won't say it. So, uh, how about this? Let's get ready to Caleb. How about that? That's pretty good. My favorite wrestler growing up was Sting, and he would come down from the rafters and just beat up every member of the NWO, which Hogan was part of, and that's me on Twitter. I just jump into a Twitter fight, I say something, and then everybody on Twitter comes at me, and I'm just going to fight them all off. Wrestling's <laughs> not a sport. Lance says the Bama fans yelling at the Texas players clearly have no class. That much is obvious. That's what we were going to talk about. How concerned should the SEC be about video that has emerged from the Texas beating, in particular, some racial slurs that we can't play and don't want to play because they're pretty gross. But we're going to pull up the video and talk about some of these comments and if the SEC 
should do something to stay in. And we're not going to play the comments, but you can see if you want to go ahead and roll that, the bottles being thrown. And it's brought to you by Zen Sports, the new sports book in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. That means no more deposit bonuses that turn into deposit nightmares on Zen Sports. What you see is what you get. And with their cash rewards program, you get a lot of cash. For a welcome bonus, earn an unlimited 5% cash back on your betting volume for your first 15 days when you sign up with the promo code HOOKED. Use HOOKED. Support our sponsors. That's right. Unlimited 5% cash back. Keep betting. Keep earning up to 3% cash back on your betting volume every month after that. And refer friends to earn a percentage of their betting volume as cash rewards too. Zen Sports bringing the cash back to Tennessee. So if you bet big on sports, you want to be betting on Zen Sports. Zen Sports betting just got better. So roll the tape. And here is As the tape is rolling, I will explain to you what's being said without saying the words. How about that? Okay. Roll the tape. Lay it out for us. Closing moments. If you're not watching on our video platform, what we are seeing is a sideline shot uh, that somebody has apparently taken with their phone. I saw one that was actually up a little bit higher. And I, I don't want to misattribute this, but it was a former, I can't remember who it was, but it was a former Alabama player who was very disgusted, who was in the media and disgusted by the way his own former fans were reacting. So go ahead and uh, roll this thing. And I'll remind you, if that gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Must be 21 or over and in Tennessee to bet. That's 1-800-889-9789. Must be 21 or over and in Tennessee to bet. That is Zen Sports. All right, go for it, Kayla. Let me see this. And then go ahead and give me uh, some... Some, right. some play-by-play in which those on our audio platform can understand what's going on. Okay, so Texas is beating Alabama. The game's pretty much over, and you see some Texas players dancing on the sideline. As they're dancing, a Alabama fan shouts out, and these are African-American players, an Alabama fan shouts out, go back to the projects, go back to the projects, F-word. And I mean the F-word, the homophobic slur. And he says the F-word twice, or three times even. And then he says, go back to the projects. And the Texas players, to their credit, handled this perfectly because they just keep dancing. And I got to say, if you want to be a player and you want to handle things the right way, you just keep dancing and you just rub it in their face. That's how you handle a fan being obnoxious, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, you just keep dancing. You just keep rolling with it. Um, No, there's, there's, there's no problem with that. Okay, this is the second time in less than a year that Bama fans have been involved with, not Bama fans, Bama fans or players have been involved with an issue post-game. So this is not unusual to me at all because they have been winning at such a high level that they're not going to react well if they're not. And you had when last year when Tennessee beat Alabama, the punch or the push in the face or whatever you want to call it, with the Alabama player and the young lady that was a Tennessee fan and may have gotten in that player's face. But at the end of the day, Caleb, this is, this is an Alabama dynasty that is coming apart. Simply that's a fact. And could they squeeze out one more championship versus Nick Saban? I thought so before the season. I don't think so anymore. I think LSU is on the come up despite what happened Last week, I think Texas has proven what they can do and what they have done from a recruiting standpoint. 
listen, Texas A&M's roster is going to be loaded. What happens to Jimbo Fisher? I don't know, but the recruiting's been at a high level. You now have Auburn and that they're going to have to play. So anyway, I'm talking about West teams and I know all that kind of goes funky next year, but listen, they got a lot of teams that they're going to have to play on a year in and year out basis, Tennessee included. This is another sign of Alabama's dynasty crumbling and the fans are not going to handle it. Well, they do not have any leverage whatsoever when you win six championships to run off a Nick Saban. Okay. So I'm not saying they run him off, but does it become so toxic that Nick Saban says, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I'm rolling out of here. And if you don't believe that can be the case, I got two words for you. First is Steve. Second is Spurrier. That's what he did because he didn't think 10 wins were enough for Florida's fan base anymore. So he's like, boom, I'm out. Nick Saban could do that. Nick Saban could easily look at his foundation, all the things that he does for Alabama, his different business interests. He would be better than you think on television with some coaching. He could easily walk away because Alabama's fan base is starting to embarrass him. And I think that happened against Texas. And somebody yes. said I look like Ellen DeGeneres. How do I look like oh. Ellen DeGeneres? So my friends used to make fun of me calling me Ellen DeGeneres when I was younger um, oh. because of okay. their hair. But uh, I also want to add in um, a parent of one of the students uh, has put on Twitter that she of one of the Texas players that beer cans and water bottles and spit was thrown at them at the Alabama game. A parent of one of the Texas players. She's claiming it. I'm not going to say whether or not it was true. I wasn't there. I haven't seen anything. But so I'm not going to say I believe or don't believe that person. But I just wanted to put that out there. What I will say is that I agree with you. And this has been, they were not even thinking about, this has been a bad year for Alabama in general. I mean, the whole, uh, oh my gosh, my mind just, the whole gun incident with the basketball team and the way the athletic department handled that was, was bad. Um, and then there is this, that Alabama player shoving the fan last year. The only, I, I've always said in defense, yes, it was a little bit of an overreaction, but I say, if you enter, if you enter the field or court of play and you're a fan, you have opened the door for whatever happens to me, happens to me, period, end of story. And I don't get to complain. You don't want to get hit. Don't go on the field, period, end of story. You just don't, you, you just don't put your hands on a woman. That, no, I, mean, I, I, I'm not saying that's the end all be all in my mind. Not not disagreeing with anything you said, but that's just the end all be all. You don't. Yes, you don't put your hands on you a put woman. Put your hands ever. up and you take a step back, and that's what you do. I I agree with that. You don't throw a punch, and he should have been suspended for that. Totally agree. I'm just going to say, woman or man, you go into the field, can't complain when something happens to you. You don't get to whine. You you did it to yourself at that point. I will say that. That 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 is like me running into your. That's like somebody running into one of our studios. Um, that's that's our place of business. That's where we work. So I completely agree with with what you're saying. Portions of the program brought to you by Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT. That's HAT to receive some free swag on your cider order available most anywhere in the U.S. Use that promo code HAT and get fantastic cider. It's unbelievable. You'll love it. Tennessee Cider Company, TNCiderCompany.com. Support our sponsors because we only align ourselves with the best ones. It's over. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say it. it. It's over. Alabama is not winning another national championship. 
the best they will do is be in the conversation like they were last year. And that was being on the brink of the college football playoff where they'll be in that five, six, seven, eight range where they're in the conversation. It's done. It's done. And I have not said that before. I've not gone out on that limb because Nick Saban has proven me wrong time and time again when I thought it, but I didn't say it publicly. I'm saying it's done. So there's there's the thumbnail, the headline, whatever you want to use. Caleb, I believe this, my heart and soul. I'm not saying this for effect. The champ, national championship runs at Alabama are done. So is this, Dad, acting this way, is this the last cry of a dying dynasty that knows yes. it's over? Yes. Yes. You put that in a better phrase than I was about to use. Thank you. So what you're saying is it's like, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but 2011, after the Lakers had won their second title and they were five-time champions with Shaq and the whole Kobe era, remember when the when the Mavericks swept them? And in the last game, Andrew Bynum and Lamar Odom both took dirty shots at different Dallas players, and it was very much a anger that their dynasty was over. You're saying it's like that. Very intriguing. Did the same thing happen with Cowboy fans? Honestly, you're a Cowboy fan. The Cowboy fans act this way when Dallas lost to Carolina in 96. Oh, gosh. The NFL's so different, man. The passion's so different. I have trouble comparing the two. Um, I, How about Florida fans losing to Alabama in that SEC championship game when you knew that Nick Saban was a better coach than Urban Meyer? How about that one? I thought Florida, Florida fans, fans acted out like that. Uh, yeah, they're pretty much off. Off. I mean, yeah, Urban Meyer leave later, so I thought they were pretty much off board to say the, to say the least. Um, I, but but this is a, it's it's hard to say because it's unprecedented. And nobody has gone on a run. I guess the only one would be the Patriots, you know. And I don't know. I mean, this is the kind of run that's not. Hey, everybody! You won two or three championships in six years. Great job. This is the holy Hannah. You were the premier team in the nation for the better part of two decades and you won six championships i think with nick saban though alabama's kept a leveler head than florida in 2009 if you remember that 2009 florida team i mean we know how how many thugs were on that team they rubbed it in your face that they were number one they created a terrible culture but they said we don't care we win and then the minute they lost to alabama everything negative about the program got magnified because now you we're talking all this, you lost. And I think that killed the culture of the program in recruiting Alabama. I mean, whatever you want to say about Nick Saban, Nick Saban has never in Alabama have the players and the culture Nick Saban established has never been a rub it in your face. We can do whatever we want. We can kill whoever we want because we're winning football games on the field. They've never had that culture the way Urban Meyer had at Florida. Smoky mountain red, who's already ordered a book and those go out today. Uh, I apologize for the delay. The hardcovers were the ones that didn't come in. They were a little bit late. Said, so are you having a Sevierville book signing at Tennessee Cider? I will ask uh, Mr. Aaron about that at Tennessee Cider, but I will give that a big H-E double hockey stick. Yeah, I would love to do that. We'll be at Hound Dogs a week from Friday on Kingston Pike, where we will do a signing and looking forward to that. Uh, Thursday from 3 to 6, signing to Del Chico on Merchant's Drive, and then Friday at Clancy's in downtown Knoxville. We would love to see you stop by, because i got to be honest with you, I don't know if like two people or 200 people are going to stop by. I've never done a book signing before. I think it probably devalues the book because I sign it, but people say they like that, so that's what I'm going to do. 
Uh, so Smoky Mountain asks, Smoky Mountain Red asked that question. So are you having a Sevierville book signing at uh, Tennessee Side? I'll try to make that happen today. And our guy Travis says that he'll come to a book sign at Tennessee Cider Company. I won't know what he looks like because I doubted Joe Milton. So his uh, emoji face is uh, Joe Milton because he's supporting Joe Milton. And Smoky Mountain Red says that he'll buy a bottle or two or three or four. So be sure and check that out. And then we got picks. That's right. We've got some picks and we love that. We're going to tell you how to make your picks and how to celebrate a Tennessee win because I've got a new way for you to do that. And it's Caleb's Casino right now as we get to it. First of all, Caleb, how did you do last week? Last week was brutal. I'm not going to lie. I went seven and 10. Now, to be fair, I had two pushes. Should have gone nine and 10. Vanderbilt Wake Forest, I said, take the under. It was right at 56, which is what it was set at. And had it not been for that stupid punt return, fumble, touchdown, it would have been the under. Also, Georgia Ball State, I said Georgia won't cover. They It was a push. The line was 42. And the only reason it hit a push was because Ball State had 18,756 turnovers in that game. Had nothing to do with Georgia's offense whatsoever. Caleb's Casino doesn't serve free drinks, but we do have the Big Orange Crunch available uh, any day now. I'll let you know for sure. Hemp House Chat, C-H-A-T-T.com, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD and Delta products. So we'll have the Big Orange Crunch coming up. Um, so that way, Caleb can uh, have one of those after he turns in a terrible set of picks on a Saturday. So let me set you up. LSU, nine and a half point favorites at Mississippi State. This seems really easy to me. I don't want to steal your thunder. I don't even want to read your description because I want it to come fresh. I think LSU is going to cover this easy and play well after last week. Oh, yeah. They're going to dominate. Mississippi State needed overtime to beat Arizona at home. That was a night game last week. This is a noon game. Dave, you know hangovers like that happen. LSU had an easy win with Grambling. They moved Harold Perkins back to the edge. So I think LSU is going to win with defense. They'll cover the nine and a half and take the under 54.5. I'm seeing like a 30 to 10 game. Yep. And we want to hear from you on the message board. What do you think? Kansas State three and a half points at Missouri. Uh, I'll take Kansas State because I just don't like Missouri. I would have taken Missouri last week. I'm taking Kansas State now. That Missouri MTSU game. I'm like, wow. Okay. Missouri is bad. So Kansas State's going to cover. I'm going to, even though it's at Missouri, I am going to go the over just because I think 47.5 is a little too low, but I am going to go the over. South Carolina, 27 point dogs on the road at Georgia. I got uh, South Carolina keeping this game relatively close. By relatively close, I mean 20 points. So I would take South Carolina in the points. I agree. I think South Carolina is going to cover. Uh, it's going to be so South Carolina plus 27.5. They're going to cover because neither side's going to score a lot. Georgia, I keep telling you guys, has a terrible offense. It's going to be exposed this week. And on top of that, South Carolina has a good quarterback, but he's got air protecting him. So he's not going to be able to score. So I'm seeing like 23 to 10 Georgia. In this and yes, the message board made me fix my collar. Thank you, Ari. Ari says, I'm looking like a gender studies professor. Robert says that I'm the Darth Vader of polo shirts and you made him fix the collar. Yes, I did. I didn't realize my collar was messed up. All right, so Alabama, 32-point favorites over South Florida. They'll bounce back and win this game, right? But that's against a former ball. 
Tennessee offensive coordinator Alex Golish is the head coach at South Florida. I think they'll bounce back and win because I think Alex Golish, as good as I be- as much as I believe in this offense, Nick Saban has seen it. Alabama's defense is not the problem. Anybody who watched that game last week, Alabama was up 16 to 13 going into the fourth quarter. That should be enough to win. Uh, they have a terrible quarterback in Jalen Milrow, but I think they'll cover with defense alone. It'll be like one of those they force 12 turnovers and score off short fields, but take the under in this game, under 61. It's too high. I'm going to come back to Tennessee. Vanderbilt, four-point dogs at UNLV. Who knows? Give me a quick one. I'm throwing it. That's a coin flip, but I'm taking Vanderbilt, and I'm going to take the under. Uh, also, we missed Louisiana Monroe and Texas A&M. Louisiana Monroe, Texas A&M. Ugh. I got Louisiana Monroe covering. I think I think Texas A&M wins, but last week was the start of the wheels coming off of Jimbo Fisher and the Bobby Petrino marriage. It's not healthy, and I think you'll start to see more signs of that this week. It's so about take as the under healthy two. as a Bob Petrino motorcycle ride. Ole Miss 18 <laughs> points over Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, I, I think the Rebels kind of eked out a win. I know that Tulane, as you said, was depleted. Where do you go on this? I think that uh, Ole Miss covers, but we'll see. I got Ole Miss covering, and I got the over. I, I trust Lane Kiffin's offense. Georgia Tech is in a new era, so I think I think Ole Miss is oh, Ole Miss is going to be fun to watch this year. I mean, they're fun to watch every year with Lane Kiffin, but this is going to be another one, and they're going to put up some points. So I got um, Ole Miss covering and take the over. I'm popping the collar now. Arkansas, eight-point favorites uh, versus BYU. Um, I'm not going to take Arkansas. Just rule of thumb as more than a seven-point favorite over anybody because of of the way they approach the game. Well, with K.J. Jefferson and with what happened last week and Arkansas playing their D game and being whipped back into shape, I got Arkansas covering. I think they'll cover eight. And I got the over 47.5. I think K.J. Jefferson's kind of going to go off. Give me your best bets, the one you need to keep track Wait, Akron, of. Akron, Kentucky. Hold on. Akron, Akron Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, it's plus 25. Take Akron plus 25 and take the under 49.5. Liam Cohen, not healthy. Still the Kentucky offensive coordinator, I mean. The distraction of that is going to cause Kentucky to play ugly. They're going to win again, but it's going to be not pretty. Zen Sports, the new sportsbook in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. That means no more deposit bonuses that turn into deposit nightmares. On Zen Sports, what you see is what you get. And with their cash rewards program, you get a lot of cash. For a welcome bonus, earn an unlimited 5% cash back on your betting volume for your first 15 days when you sign up with the promo code HOOKED. That's right. Hooked! Unlimited 5% cash back. Keep betting and keep earning with up 3% cash back on your betting volume every month after that. Refer friends to earn a percentage of their betting volume as cash rewards too. Zen Sports bringing the cash back to Tennessee. So if you bet big on sports, you want to be betting on Zen Sports. Zen Sports betting just got better. Gambling problem call 1-800-889-9789. Must be 21 and over. And in Tennessee to baddies, Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Thank you, Josh Ward. We got to do our best bets. Hold on. I got to give you the best best one. And we got to do do Tennessee and Florida. (laughs) Best bet. Well, I want to save Tennessee and Florida tomorrow. I'm going to. But uh, all right. So what do you got? Uh, best bets, which is uh, Tennessee is on that list. So best bets, give them to me. I, well, then I won't give you the Tennessee pick until tomorrow. But whatever it is, take the under. Go all in on the under. Like under 58.5, Florida has no offense, Dave. And Tennessee not, is not hitting on the long ball. I think the under is the best play of the week in college football mm, for this game. I agree. I agree. Uh, Washington minus 16 at Michigan State. I think that the distractions of Mel Tucker and Washington being good, I think that's just one. I think Washington blows them out 45 to nothing. 
And okay. I actually agree with that because of the Mel Tucker situation, which just keeps getting more bizarre. Colorado State plus 23 and a half at Colorado. Yep. And I think this is the week where Colorado kind of slumps. They're going to win. Colorado State's bad, but two weeks they're riding high and they're looking ahead to Oregon and USC over the next two weeks because we're talking Heisman with Shador Sanders and Caleb Williams. I think that's in their head. So they're going to play very sloppy at home against Colorado State. Uh, Colorado will beat Oregon, Southern Cal. Uh, one of the two, neither or both. Neither. I think they'll beat Oregon. I don't think they'll beat Southern California. He's Just Caleb Cowboy Prime fan in you. That's all it is. I mean, I, I'm not rooting for a mercenary. He he went to the Niners and won a Super Bowl for him. I mean, that's not Cowboy pride at all. Trust me. He played. <laughs> he just played five years for the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, no, not even that. I don't think three. Uh, he's Caleb Calhoun. I am Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, and we're with you weekdays at 10 a.m. Have a great day, evening, morning, whenever you're watching. He's Caleb. I'm Dave. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.